Some cults are good, most cults are bad, but I'll tell you what really makes me sad. I can't decide which cult to join, if only there were a podcast out there to rank all the cults using some sort of bracket system like they do for basketball playoffs for college teams. It's madness, madness. Madness, madness, are you ready? Ready! Madness, madness, are you ready? Ready! Mandy, Mandy, are you ready? Ready! Boogie, 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 boogie down. Time for Madness, Madness. Time for Madness, Madness, the podcast where we try to decide which cult we are going to join. I'm Erin. I'm Amanda. I'm the one who snort laughs sometimes. If you hear that, that's <laughs> And I'm me. the one that does a, like a smack thing that I really, <laughs> really need to work on not doing. Because <laughs> it suddenly discovered that I do that all the time. suddenly discovered that I do that all the time, and I'm like, how do I break this? <laughs> I've already, and I've edited like a lot of it. <laughs> oh, okay, I'll try really hard. I can't help with the snort, but to me, snort laughing is like burping after dinner. It's like a compliment, really. Right, I, snort <laughs> laughing is different, but like, yeah, no, we don't need that. But we do need you. We are so glad that you guys are listening to us. We have had so much fun. We're having so much fun already, for we real. We are having so much fun already. But one of the things that I have really enjoyed, Erin, mm-hmm. is seeing where all of our listeners come from. Because we have listeners all over the world. We have listeners all over the world. All over the world. And I, and actually, this week, <laughs> I noticed that uh, we have a listener in Walsall, UK. And I just have to say... Rob Halford, I know that's you. <laughs> I'm so excited that you're a listener. I'm serious. I am serious, man. I just read your book, and I have been waiting for you to write that book for like 25 years. I'm not lying, and it was fantastic. Anybody else? It's called uh, Confess, the Rob Halford memoir about being a Judas Priest. It's really good. He's from Walsall, and I know he's listening right now. We love those about to rock. That's not your band. <laughs> but no, we have listeners from all over the world, we and do. it's incredible. And even if you aren't from all over the world, even if you're just... You know, from here in the United States of America, I would like any of you who want to send in a bit of local trivia. I love Ooh. local trivia. Oh, yeah. I love gossip about people I don't know. Definitely. So even if you want to send in some shit talk. Yeah, smack talk on somebody and be like, you know what? My cousin is just a bitch. And we're like, we'll listen to that. I'll like, listen to that. She does sound like a bitch. You're right. Really she cult. is a bitch. Right. If there's like a cult near you, mm-hmm. like local cult information, anything like that. Mm-hmm. We love to hear stories. We love to hear stories from you. And so for the first but not last time. Yes. We're going to say that you can reach us at MadnessMadness5 on Twitter, MadnessMadnessPod at Instagram, or the MadnessMadness Facebook page. There are lots of ways. Lots of ways. MadnessMadnessPodcast at gmail.com, but MadnessMadnessPod Instagram. That's right. Okay. Because again, Rob, write to me. I really, I like your music. I loved your book. It's all that. <laughs> I, also, I would jump K.K. Downing's bones. <laughs> she would totally jump K.K. Downing's bones. That's a, uh, heavy metal parking not, lot was not mentioned in the book, and that was the only. Dang it. Th- yeah, I would be like, I would, I would, had expected him to say, and at that show was recorded the classic, but no, he was too busy, like, trying to get to the truck stop bathroom. It's a oh, whole thing. Bless no, his heart. Bless his heart. But, yeah. Uh, I also have two corrections. Okay. Just small ones. Okay, back from, uh, I don't not remember which episode number it was, but it was Terry Hoffman and her 
Center for Conscious In Scientology. I think that was number three. I think that was number three. Um, we were wondering if the Akashic Record mm-hmm. was a thing, mm-hmm. and it is. Oh, okay. Yes. So I thought that she was just like, no, I can read the Akashic Record. It's a thing. Uh, but apparently the Akashic Record is a thing, and okay. you can, like... I, st- I doubt she was able to read it. I, no, she totally wasn't able to do it. Is it like a Lexus Nexus thing? <laughs> it is. It's for library rats, right? Okay. I, have a, I have a magnet. It was made by Synanon. Okay. <laughs> yeah. Okay, and the other far more crucial one is from two weeks ago. I guess it was last week you'd be listening to it two mm-hmm. weeks ago when we recorded it, uh, talking about Heaven's Gate. Mm-hmm. And I mistakenly said that uh, Chakotay was on Deep Space Nine, but oh. Chakotay was on Voyager. Oh, okay, and I God, thank really, you. Thank you. It bothered, I like got home and I was like, Jesus. He was not on Deep Space Nine. He was on Voyager. This is a major mistake. <laughs> like I wrote it down on a piece of paper and I'm correcting it. Okay, good. So there you go. Yeah. Well, I also have a bit of a correction. Okay, let's hear your bit of correction. Because originally, this week I was going to do uh, Children of God. Right. And then I started researching Children of God. Yeah. And it's one big episode of Someone Think of the Children. Ooh. Yeah. Um. It's awful it's the whole thing was i remember that's the cult that river phoenix was in his family and he talks about how he started having sex when he was four years old yeah because that's what you were supposed to do right and it was it's all like the whole that was a whole thing (laughs) yeah that's not really funny it's not it's not funny (laughs) at all so what you gonna do well Amanda. Yes. Do you believe in UFOs? Kinda. <laughs> do you like pageantry? Oh, yeah, I do. <laughs> Have you ever held a single rose to emphasize your message? I should start not doing yet. that. <laughs> like, not yet. Do you Note like to self? Do you like sub Mystery Science Theater 3000 level sci-fi productions done on the cheap but fully 100% in earnest? Oh, yes, I do. <laughs> do you like wigs and gowns? Hell yes, this is getting better and better. Then I've got the cult for you. Oh, yeah. Welcome to the Universal Articulate Interdimensional Understanding of Science, or Unarius. Unarius. I like this already. This is much better than child molesting. It's way better than, there is no child molesting in this. Oh, Absolutely not. I'm loving this cult art pageantry, roses, lack of harm to children. Mm-hmm. Let's go. Okay, so... Uh, Ernest Norman mm-hmm. was born in 1904. I assume that's his name and not like a descriptor. Ernest Norman. <laughs> <laughs> like Melancholy Joe. Cotton Mather or something like that. <laughs> Stupefying Joe. Yes. <laughs> okay. <laughs> so Ernest Norman, born in 1904, claimed to, claimed to have been a child prodigy. Oh, uh, well. <laughs> this, is, uh, this is also going in the Venn diagram of things that often happen. Mm-hmm. <laughs> He claimed to have read all of his father's books. His father was a physician from Scandinavia, and okay. so I guess he's reading, like, Scandinavian medical, medical texts. texts. Okay. Um, he was self-educated himself alongside formal schooling. At age seven, he constructed his first microscope using parts from his telescope. Oh. Which I'm... Did, he didn't build that himself? He just got the telescope? And I don't the, know. He just he turned it around back. Yeah, he turned it around backwards. <laughs> No, I made it. I made it. Okay. He also claimed that um, as a child, he performed for family members, family, neighbors, and teachers unexpected feats, such as moving a heavy rabbit hutch using Archimedean principles and small logs. (laughs) 
just imagining his teachers like, Ernest, sit down. He's like, no, wait, I've got an amazing feat. It's a very large, Ernest, (laughs) a heavy rabbit hutch. Uh, He also claimed he built radios and he won arguments with parents and teachers at an early age. And if that's not the sign of a child prodigy. God, that's it right there. I don't know what. Were his parents and teachers there to say, you're right, he did win that article? You're right, he did win that argument. No, history was was written by the victor of that argument. (laughs) He was born in 1901, did you say? Four. 1904. And are we in the United States? Yes. Even though his father's Scandinavian. Even though his father's Scandinavian. Uh Age 17, he and his family moved to California, where he began to experiment with clairvoyance, palmistry, and fortune-telling. Excellent. During World War II, Ernest would worked at a, a, a like a war plant. Okay, yeah. It, it, I don't know what kind. A munitions yeah. plant. A munitions plant. <laughs> in California. And during World War II, he would tell women who worked there of their loved ones' whereabouts and often deaths because he's psychic. Um, Ernest's coming scoots come sit down the table by me so he won't by me. <laughs> seriously as you might guess this lowered morale <laughs> and uh, so he left and started giving lectures of his own philosophy in theosophical churches okay Ernest believed he could communicate with both extraterrestrials and historic figures yes channeling messages from them but are the historic figures actually aliens? That's something that we need to look into. There's a lot okay. going on. Just checking. Um, who says they can't? Por que no los dos? One day a psychic vision came to Ernest and he saw three wise men carrying books following him around, which were symbolic. The books were symbolic of the library he was to bring through to planet Earth. He was supposed to channel these messages okay. into books, but not just yet. Okay. Time wasn't right. Is it Marcus? Mm-hmm. <laughs> Ruth Neilds was born in 1900. She worked odd jobs as a fruit picker, a dishwasher. She had kids. Um, in the 40s, she enrolled at the Church of Religious Science and became interested in spiritualism, channeling, and past life regression. Mm-hmm. She was also introduced to uh, psychic healing. Okay. Second in surgery, that stuff's yes, bananas. That man. stuff is fucked up. But I saw an expose and it was like, no, he just holds the gizzards in his yeah, hands. That's right. And then it's like, my care, it's a it's tumor. Like, there's I'm a like, lot of fake blood. That's a chicken liver. That guy's kind of fat, so you can really poke your bloop, fingers bloop down in, in there. Uh-huh. Mm-hmm. There's really not a lot about her early life. She was married for four times before Ugh. meeting Ernest Norman at a psychic convention in the early 1950s. What was a psychic convention like in the early Dude. 1950s? I really want to know. It was probably like boring as fuck because it was just like... Like Edgar Casey himself is there. Because I'm thinking now of like psychic fairs. Uh, I know, right? Large and small. That place is a banger. I'm- there's all kinds of things going on. You'd be like the little belly dancing on the side. Mm-hmm. You can buy some crystals and stuff. Mm-hmm. There's a costume contest. Why would you go to a psychic fair if you already know what's going to happen? Oh, I always wanted to see like a psychic fair poster. It's like psychic fair this weekend. You know where. You know when. You know where. Um. So, and she met Ernest Norman at that psychic convention with Ernest Norman. <laughs> Ruth Ruth told Ernest that mystics told her that she was being followed around by long bearded wise men carrying books, what and the that what? she would help bring these books into the future. Ernest told Ruth that in a past life, she had been the daughter of an Egyptian pharaoh. Just Anne. Just Anne, mm-hmm. an Egyptian pharaoh. And had helped Moses. Well, that would narrow down which pharaoh. 
Well, we don't know if it happened at the same time, you know. True, true. Um, Ernest and Ruth uh, married in either 54 or 56. Dates are iffy because I'm sure they considered themselves married like as soon as they met. Exactly. Did we just become best friends? Exactly. (laughs) Yep. Okay, so. All right. Ernest and Ruth are together. Ernest became a channeler. This was the process by which he wrote his books. Uh Unarian channeling is a process of relaxed contemplation in which the practitioner closes his eyes and enters into a composed state, allowing thoughts and images to flow freely as he or she voices messages received from a higher consciousness or other beings which speak to them. Okay. Ernest's whole thing was that there's no such thing as imagination. Okay. So everything you think or see actually happened. Okay. Especially if you're watching um, Flash Gordon. I was, gonna say, I was about to say something. Or like movies like Teenagers from Outer Space, Crash of the Moons, and Santa Claus Conquers the Martians. That's a great movie. Mm-hmm. He has in it. <laughs> These were all written as remembrances of past lives. Oh, yes. They yes, didn't they make were. these stories up. No, they just remembered them. They remembered it. In 1954, seeking to popularize his channeling, Ernest and Ruth formed an organization known as Unarius. Okay. Universal Articulate Interdimensional Understanding of Science, operating from their home in California. It's it's always California or Texas. It really is. (laughs) Or Oregon. There's a lot of space to spread out. (laughs) Yeah. There's some empty land over there and no one will bother you. Yeah. (laughs) Ruth served as Ernest's typist. Later claiming to have learned the skill while sleeping. Okay. So I guess the time wasn't right for Ernest to channel his books until he married. Until he married somebody who would type, who for, type him. for him. Gotcha. Because he was sitting back with his eyes closed just <laughs> channeling. Yes. Okay. She learned to see. Although I have In to her feel sleep. like typing is not that complicated. <laughs> I was like, ma'am, it's, you were born in 1900. So by 1954, you are 54 years old. And you're telling me after working a lifetime of odd jobs, you never once learned how to type? Yeah, I'm not going to buy that. I'm not going to buy that. <laughs> I was picking fruit too much. Yeah. Uh, so she recorded the information that he channeled, writing books about psychic healing and trips to the solar system. Um, with Ruth's assistance, Ernest gave a 12-week lecture called Pathway to the Stars Ooh. in Los Angeles, California, which I can only imagine how many people showed up and like, wait a minute. <laughs> Pathway to the Stars. Hey. Where's Cary Grant? Where's Cary Grant? But to me, that sounds like a Disney ride that used to be. Mm-hmm. Pathway to the Stars. Right. Here you will see Copernicus. <laughs> <laughs> So at the Pathways for the Stars lecture, uh, Ernest described in detail how energy functions, what he saw in celestial worlds, psychic protection, and parapsychology. In this lecture, Ernest stated that the people of planet Earth are being guided and watched over by a large fraternal brotherhood called Unarius. Okay. So in the 50s and 60s, they attracted several followers. Um, many converts had previous involvement with New Age or mystic mm-hmm, groups. Mm-hmm. And so they were like, finally, Heck yeah. thank you. Some of the books that Ernest channeled are The Voice of Venus, The Voice of Eros, The Voice of Orion, The Voice of Muse, Unarius, and Elysium. That's one title. Oh, okay. The seven books describe the seven planes of Shambhala. On the halls of Shambhala. Yeah, yeah, yeah. In the The halls halls of Shambhala. Shambhala. I actually have the lyrics. 
printed right there. <laughs> but we didn't need them because oh, yeah. we know. Right. That's right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, I don't think it bears much resemblance to the actual Tibetan Buddhist version of Shambhala, but hey. When has that stopped any cult leader ever? For sure. <laughs> That's like, I know Hinduism is a religion, but guess what? <laughs> As a matter of fact, seven planets, seven planes. Got it. Shambhala. Each plane has a specialty in the teaching of advanced principles for the betterment of an individual's progression. Maximizing their potential? Yeah. Gotcha. yeah. For the betterment of an individual's progressive evolution from life to life. Okay. Uh, so their followers were provided with elaborate details of Ernest and Ruth's purported spiritual visits to other planets. And the couple believed that humans could learn from great teachers on these journeys. And these great teachers held the potential to educate and heal humanity and the scientific advancements of other worlds. And the couple also discovered revelations about their past lives, including Jesus and Mary of Bethany among their past identities. I was just going to say, and, le- and when they discovered things about their past lives, they were totally famous people in every single one of them. Oh, well, well we're going to get Jesus to- and Mary is pretty big already. Yeah. Uh, Mary of Bethany, is that the same Mary? Mary of Bethany. I think she like works in the cafeteria at my school. I know, right? And she lives in Bethany. <laughs> and she lives in Bethany, which is where my school is. Ruth stated that she had lived uh, about 50 lives over several million years. Here are a list of some of Ruth's past I'm lives. I'm ready. Criston of Orion, who was a guy. Natch. The planet of Orion is very important. We'll get to it. Okay. Yuda of you, <laughs> a bald Egyptian of indeterminate sex. There were portraits. Okay, a bald. <sighs> there were portraits of all of these. Can we see these portraits online? Um. Yes. There is a documentary called Children of the Stars. Okay. That I watched. And it was made by the same woman who did the Source Family oh, wow. documentary. Okay. Um, anyway, so she, Ruth was also Akbar of India, Peter the Great, Johannes Kepler, Quetzalcoatl, <laughs> the Mona Lisa, <laughs> King Arthur, and the Statue of Liberty. <laughs> okay, hang on a second. Please, I have pause for discussion right now. <laughs> <laughs> Yes, Amanda. She's the Statue of Liberty of his life. And the Mona Lisa. And the Mona Lisa. Well, the Mona Lisa was at least a person who had her portrait painted. <laughs> like, the Statue of Liberty is a statue built by, like, Gustav Eiffel and a guy whose name is escaping me right now. Right. Yeah. yeah. And Quetzalcoatl. He's like a winged serpent god. I was going to say. I was like, isn't that the hairless dog? But no. No, no, no. That's... <laughs> Yeah, that's a winged serpent god. Okay, but the Statue of Liberty is still there. Yes, <laughs> but it's hollow. Oh. She looked at the Statue of Liberty when she was just a giant copper human. Right. Mm-hmm. It's No, that the Statue of Liberty is like the cicada shell. That's right. <laughs> of it's her a greatness. chitinous exoskeleton. A chitinous exoskeleton, well patinaed. She is shed and is now larger than yes, Right. exactly. Ah! It has wings. So Ruth, who is now calling herself herself Ayoshana of Atlantis, after I'm sorry, Ayoshana. Ruth, who is now calling herself Ayoshana of Atlantis, after a channel revealed that she'd lived a lifetime in Atlantis, Mm -hmm. took over as the main channeler when Ernest died in 1971. Oh, okay. In 1972, Ruth began publishing Tesla Speaks. A series of messages that she said were given to her by the American inventor and engineer Nikola, Nikola Tesla, Tesla from his dwelling in outer space. <laughs> in a few years, this Musk guy's going to come along. Don't listen. Don't listen. 
Um, she also stated that she got messages from Albert Einstein and Louis Pasteur. Ruth said that the Tesla Tower held secrets which were to be recovered by Unarius. Oh, her. She channeled her, her channeled messages referred to 33 worlds of an interplanetary confederation. Okay. The United Federation of Planets? Different. Gotcha. <laughs> Different. Even, but Gene Roddenberry is known as the being of light because, of course, he wrote Star Trek. But there's no such thing as imagination. Oh, so he is okay. So, so that, I'm, well, I'm glad that Gene Roddenberry gets some credit in here for being yeah. a being of light and yeah. not making all this up, but mm-hmm. actually knowing. Cool. Mm-hmm. Good to know. So um, these worlds all had various problems, and by communicating with Ioshana, many of their hangups were solved or on the way to resolution. The beings on these planets, yes, were called the Space Brothers. Space Brothers, <laughs> like, like the Jonas Brothers. <laughs> Did they have a moving company? Like <laughs> Space Space Brothers Brothers. moving. The beings on all the planets? Like no of matter the, what of these thirty-three planets. Okay, so all of them okay. Being on these thirty my pen. This is getting more complicated. It look, you have no idea. <laughs> okay. In uh seventy-three, she adopted the name Uriel, which stands for Universal Radiant Infinite Eternal Light, I believe. Gotcha. And so she adopted the name Uriel and started shopping for land to serve as a landing spot for the Space Brothers. Right. Her belief was <laughs> the that... The Smothers Brothers. The Blues Brothers. I'm just thinking of all kinds of things. Einstein here. Brothers Bagels. Um, her belief was that these 33 starships, which were made of crystal and gold, uh-huh. and each ship will carry uh, 1,000 professorial beings... These are the Space Brothers, each specializing in some form of the arts, and they will all land on top of each other, stacking into a tower that closely resembles the Tesla Tower, but it's called the Power Tower. Power Tower! And, and like, all the spaceships are going to land one on top of each other, create the Power Tower, but the Power Tower is also a university. Yeah. And the Space Brothers were there to restore the lost teachings of Atlantis to Earth, and their revelations were to free humanity from crime and disease, ushering in an era of learning. Excellent. They would also bring in advances in technology, specifically crystal computers. Ooh, okay. Around the power tower, a city would form. The city is sectioned as a pie. In sem- This was, a, like, I paused the documentary and, like, read the plaque uh, under yes, the painting. Yeah. Uh-huh. In the Unarium Center in El Cajon, California, which you can visit today. Oh, yes. Yes. (laughs) The city, and this is what it said. The city is sectioned as a pie in seven sections or areas. The residential areas assume a circular form as they are situated on the periphery of the core of the city. The commercial areas are in the next concentric circle out from the center core, and the core contains industrial areas. Most of the buildings will be 150 or more stories tall and designed in a variety of shapes and sizes. So I'm going to have you guys think of a variety of shapes and sizes in which you can design a 150-story building. Round. round. Yes. The homes will be of circular design Uh created from a new plastic or crystalline substance Uh that is translucent from the inside out. And beautiful parklands will be around the residential areas. Okay. Um, There is a model of this city at the New Narian Center. And it is a fucking masterpiece. I cannot wait. Of like crystals, colored glass. Like aquarium gravel. Oh, yeah, yeah. That's aquarium gravel that's been like sort of like used in like a sand painting kind of way. Mm-hmm. 
um, diamond nails, <laughs> flashing lights. This is man. Like fake, like pools, you okay. know. If this thing takes off, we're going to buy a bus and we're going to give like cross country road trip tours. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. Mm-hmm. Oh, I'm, I'm feeling it. I'm mm-hmm. feeling it. All of the 33 other planets have have power towers that will beam energy all around the Interplanetary Confederation. And we can ride our spaceships along these beams uh-huh. to get to the other planets. Okay. Earth is the last to get their power tower. So usually we don't have ours <laughs> And yet. every other story I've read by uh, being of light, Gene Roddenberry. <laughs> yep. Uh, Douglas Adams. Uriel predicted the space, space Brothers would land on Earth before December 1974. So in... However. So in... November 1974, <laughs> Uriel purchased a 67-acre property near Jamul, California to serve as a landing site. Okay. She later revised the date at which she expected extraterrestrials to land. She revised it to September 75. Because, <laughs> I mean, like that's pretty quick. It's yeah, like, it's like... Yeah, it's hard to build. They're going to land quick. Build, unless you have, like, an entire Rajneesh Puram to throw you together a landing pad. Then. Right. Well, I'm, I'm going to pause for a second. She's doing all this. Is she just doing it for herself, or does she have a lot of followers at this point? She has a lot of followers at this but, point. Like, uh, on the radio, or just at the no, psychic fairs? No, like, in California. In California, did they come to her house and listen to her talk? Well, in the in the, be- the 50s, 60s, and early 70s, she was doing this out of her house. Okay. With, with Ernest. Right. And then Ernest and died. Away, okay, then- so she expected the extraterrestrials to land September 75, citing ongoing efforts to prepare humanity for their landing as reason for delay. <laughs> <laughs> That's right, we're not done yet. Uriel presumed that Confederation leaders were going to take her on a world tour, yeah, like after I would. She they arrived, mm-hmm. and so she made a large banner to welcome them. She got her a new wardrobe. Mm-hmm. She made arrangements for buses to the landing sites and informed the National Enquirer of her expectations. <laughs> Excellent, said the National Enquirer. There we go. <laughs> In early September '75, she gave a farewell message, telling of her future home on a spaceship. <laughs> on September 22nd, however, she concluded that a landing would not occur and stated that she was reliving the trauma of a past life in which she was ISIS when she was assassinated shortly before the extraterrestrials were to land. And she I, I, said the effects of this trauma had caused her to make an inaccurate prediction. So she <clears throat> then started leading the group in classes to teach them how to relive the event that had culminated in ISIS's assassination and uh, took them to the expected landing site to stir their memories. Okay. Uh, says so several students <clears throat> doubted Norman's explanation, and some of them left the group. Psh. Oh, ye of little fetters. I know. Whatever. Did you have your hand up? Oh, it was a question, but I'm just still so fascinated. I don't remember what it was now. <laughs> oh, my God. Okay. In 1975, Norman Uriel, Isis, Ruth, used the proceeds of a home sale to rent a storefront in El Cajon for her group's meetings. Which they lavish, lavishly decorated. It honestly looks like somebody bought the, like, Bacchanalia prom package. Uh-huh. You know? And there's, like, columns, and then there's flowers, and right. then there's, like, all kinds of, like, water bearer statues. Right. And you can hang a wall hanging that looks like a stone wall with vines <laughs> on it. Exactly. And then there's murals on the walls of, like, animals in idyllic settings with, like, flying saucers overhead. Sure. Um... <laughs> And then they, like, set all this up in an empty Otasco in downtown El Cajon. downtown El Cajon. Okay. Uh, There's all kinds of vaguely, like, Greco-Roman statues and smaller statues of her, Uriel, done very much in the Uncle Gus School of Ceramics. Oh, my God. (laughs) 
Uh, there's going to be a picture in the visual aids. Yeah, our uncle Gus made ceramics, and our, he great. was our great uncle. He was our great uncle, uh, and yeah, he made ceramics, and they were great. <laughs> he he got like blank ceramic statues and painted them. Yes, he did, which very very much look like these. Okay, statues okay. of Uriel. <laughs> okay. She purported to be the spirit of beauty and the goddess of love. And in this capacity, she claimed complete knowledge of truth and the ability to heal. And once their center opened, Uriel told her students and the media. <laughs> I was going to say, and anybody she can get to come and she can get a hold of. <laughs> that she was an ambassador from the Interplanetary Confederation. She became known for driving around El Cajon in a blue 1969 Cadillac Coupe de Ville. Adorned with airbrushed depictions of spaceships with a large metal flying saucer on top that can hold doves for a release. <laughs> oh, heck yeah. So I'm wondering what kind of like essay shop that she took her <laughs> right. Deville to get painted at in El Cajon. Right. Because it is, I mean, there's pictures of it. It is cherry. It's cherry. Like she drove it down to Tijuana and had some serious like lowrider artists right. figure and it like out. And like across the, the hood, it says, Uriel. Oh, yeah. Okay. Okay. <laughs> yeah. So she's driving that around town. She wore a variety of brightly colored elaborate costumes, which <laughs> I cannot even begin to describe yeah i have seen some pictures so i can help you if you wish okay first of all there's there's wigs wigs so many wigs tall large old old b-52s think about original Mm b-52s but more like styled you know not just a ratted up beehive i mean there's curls upon curls cascading over Mm -hmm. the shoulder some of them are pink when i first saw her to me she looked like aunt clara from Bewitched, mm-hmm. dressed as Andorra <laughs> from Bewitched, <laughs> but with like yes. more gowns. <laughs> with more gowns, Andorra would be like, "You need to take some you of that need off. To take some of that off, honey. Turn Just around. Turn around in the mirror. Turn around. Say <laughs> the first thing that catches your eye. Would it be the thirty-three light-up planets? <laughs> would it be the headdress that looks like flames but's got flashing lights that are also somehow also in the wig? The flashing lights are in the wig. <laughs> Now turn around six more times. <laughs> Keep going. Turn around. Every now and then I get a planet on my dress and it won't come off. Turn around. Every now and then these planets have lights all around them, so there's electricity all in my dress. Turn around, bright dress. <laughs> Every now and then I hold a rose. Turn around, peace. Sometimes I carry a scepter. <laughs> And I need them all tonight. Yes. And I've needed them forever. (laughs) She stated that her gowns mirrored the clothes of the extraterrestrials whose clothes were brighter and more radiant than clothing on Earth. Well, I will have to say that if her clothes do mirror the clothes that the extraterrestrials wear, then this is definitive proof positive of the fan theory that Miss Frizzle is a time lord. Because (laughs) this is, I mean, she looks like Miss Frizzle... I don't know. Bananas, <laughs> bananas, Miss Frizzle. Frizzle, space mom. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Mm-mm-mm. Um, let's see. At the group's headquarters, she had a gold-colored throne, which was seriously like, like a a princess chair, uh, like a wicker princess chair. <laughs> no, I. Th- yeah. Oh, yes. <laughs> yeah. Just like that. yes. And it was decorated with peacock feathers. Yeah. 
And she had a like a headdress that she wore when she was Isis that was like peacock feathers. Mm-hmm. And in the documentary, there are these two women who were talking about it. And like one of them's describing it, and the other one just like ran, runs her hands over her head, like like the headdress. Luxury. And so like she just kind of whispers, like gorgeous, it was gorgeous. <laughs> <laughs> It's gorgeous. So somewhere in this time, a man named Louis Spiegel befriended Ruth, and he was the one who told her that she was actually the arch- archangel Uriel, universal, oh. radiant, infinity, eternal light. Gotcha. Louis Spiegel wore the most insane fucking toupee I have ever seen in my <laughs> life. It looked like snap-on hair. <laughs> It was Lego hair. It looked like Lego hair. It was gray. It was like the sort of like front part was like like of course it was like combed down, right? And then just like came up in this like big swoop, like the size and shape of a pigeon wing. You know, say no, an actual pigeon wing. Yes, it was, and like standing beside Uriel, who's wearing a hot pink wig that was later like. Stolen by Dame Edna. No kidding. Spiegel's yeah. rug is just like, what the fuck, dude? Dude, come on. You gotta up your wig game. You gotta up your to wig her. game. There are so many wigs. <laughs> so many she wigs. She can hook you up, I'm sure. Yeah. Spiegel, mm. who called himself Antares, oh, became a sub channeler because by this time Ruth is 75 years old. Yes. This whole story is so convoluted that really all I can say is Antares discovered that he was actually Lucifer. Oh, okay. As you do. As you do. And the Unarians believe that Lucifer was not kicked out of heaven, that he actually lowered his frequency, which was his ego, and sort of kicked himself out. Gotcha. And Terry's, Lucifer, evolved into a creature named Tyrantus, Um. who ruled over the constellation Orion, which also might be a planet. Okay. Orion controlled a hundred other planets, which were all... Negative planets, which means, like, bad things happen. Okay. On the whole planet? Oh, that's sad. <laughs> right. Past lives of Tarantus include um, Ming the Merciless. Oh, yeah. From which his look I was, was inspired. Say, hang on just a second. <laughs> Historical figure, Ming the Merciless. Historical figure, Ming the Merciless. <laughs> no, 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 no. Ming the Merciless from Flash Gordon. Right, yes. <laughs> well, hang on. And the Emperor from Star Wars. Oh, so these are his past. Li- oh, that's right, because there's no such thing as imagination. There's so no such thing as imagination. Real. All it. of this is real. Got it. Uh, okay. Got it, got it. Lewis and Terry's Lucifer Tarantus called himself himself an arch demon. And he ruled alongside the archangel Uriel and a lot of the psychodramas, and we're getting to the psychodramas, were them like battling, you know, good versus evil. Yes, 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 yes. I think. And eventually Uriel forgave Antares and at the... Center in El Cajon, there's a painting of the radiant Uriel like coming down from the heavens to forgive Antares, who's like kneeling in front of her, dressed like the devil from a vaudeville show. Yes, yes. But he's kneeling (laughs) in front of the red ham, devil ham. (laughs) Exactly. Yes, exactly. But he's like crying. (laughs) (laughs) One little diamante. There's a little crying, and there's like a lion and a lamb kind of in the distance. There's a lion and a lamb and a, like, alien gray. Right. <laughs> there might be a spaceship. Settled up on the ground. Exactly. And, um, but Uriel's followers held her in high regard, and they occasionally fainted when she touched them, and yeah. some wept when they were allowed to meet her. Yeah. Uh, they painted portraits of her, one of which was believed to have had healing powers. Just the one. Just one. <laughs> 
According to the students, Uriel healed them in their dreams and sometimes reported seeing, they sometimes reported seeing visions of her. Several times, uh, group members chose to forego cancer treatment, trusting in Uriel to heal them, which is not good. That doesn't go well. No. In the documentary that I watched, these two women, the one who was like gorgeous, you know, these two women with weekly hair appointments. Oh, yeah. (laughs) Told a story about how they used to not get along. And they were like, Dee Dee and I just didn't get along. And, you know, there was just a lot of jealousy and catfighting. And Mm -hmm. and so constant jealousy and bickering. And one day, Uriel went to them and said she had contacted the Space Brothers. And they told her, the Space Brothers told Uriel, and Uriel is now telling these women, that in their past lives, they lived on the planet Orion. Which is a negative planet ruled by Lucifer. Right, right, right. And the women were men in this past life. And they were partners on the elite police force. So I guess planet ruled by Lucifer still has cops. (laughs) Um, They were very close partners and best friends. But one of the men's family members uh, broke a law. and And the guy was like, to his partner, can't we just... Let it slide, you know? Oh, you just right. And the partner was like a super like, buy the books cop. Right, right. And he refused. And okay. that's why they were fighting now. Gotcha. Were they played by Danny Glover and Jackie Chan? <laughs> <laughs> In that past life on that other planet. They were played by these women with standing hair appointment. But just like <laughs> dressed like cops. Um, and so, yeah. And Lacey. So I'm like, can we- <laughs> Precisely. <laughs> so I have got to give Uriel credit for being like, these bitches cannot stop fighting. Okay, look, I had a vision. I had a vision? <laughs> yeah, that's it. Like, wait a minute, wait a minute. I'm receiving the message. <laughs> Y'all quit it. Y'all quit it. Um, so Uriel pioneered a form of past life therapy, teaching her disciples how to recall details of experiences from their past incarnations. And these recollections contributed to the group's mythology. Uh-huh. Unarius members occasionally recalled crimes that they had committed in past lives, uh-huh. including times that they'd harmed incarnations of Uriel. Oh, no. no. Another woman in this documentary claimed that she told about how when she lived on the planet Orion, who was ruled by Lucifer. Yes, yes, yes. Lewis negative planet, got Beagle, it. She was involved uh, poisoning the water system with a poison that made people agitated. <laughs> and in a past life therapy <laughs> session, in the session, like, we're in past life therapy is Wednesday night. Past life therapy regression Wednesday night? Yeah. <laughs> Hey, hey, hey. That's right. Yeah. Oh, oh shit! I just forgot about this. Okay, put a pen on Wednesday night. Anyway, in the past life therapy session, Louis Spiegel told her to plant flowers along her driveway. Okay. And so she planted her flowers, and she said, and she said, and there was a water line there, which didn't really make sense. I don't okay. know what that means. But so there was the water there, and she ended up with poison oak. Oh, she played. Oh goodness! And so she had a rash all over her, and her that was her like reliving. Oh, the trauma. Of the, the trauma of, of this. Diet. So past life therapy session Wednesday nights. Uh, El Cajon on Wednesday nights was also like classic car night. Oh yeah! And so the classic cars would have their engines rubbling like right outside, right outside as they cruise as as they cruised and everything. And uh, during past life therapy, they came to realize that. The rumbling engines were the, you know, the past life of the giant evil starships that came from the planet Orion. Oh, that's what you hear outside? Uh Uh-huh. It's not the cars cruising up and down the street? The cars are reliving their past lives, too. (laughs) 
man. Were they, were they, they used to be DC nines? <laughs> no, big fans. <laughs> Fuck no. That's Fuck right. Those guys. Lightning McQueen used to come. Right. Lightning he realized McQueen. that once upon a time he was the Spruce Goose. <laughs> No, that was Mater. Oh, that's Mater. <laughs> Shit. So, okay, this woman has poison oak. These other two ladies, you know. They're wearing their, like, cosmic get-along shirt. They're wearing their cosmic get-along shirt. And so working this shit out can be very difficult. Mm-hmm. So, <clears throat> Uriel, since the Space Brothers landing site was unused... Uriel and the Unarians used that 67 acres to make sci-fi psychodramas with names like Underground City of Mars and Roots of the Earthman. I want to see all of these films right oh, now. Oh, <laughs> you can purchase the DVDs from the Unarius.com. Oh, so these were actual films. Like Yes. Yes, because you got jack all else to do and a whole bunch of time and, and enthusiasm. And <laughs> yeah, with people who are like, I will make gowns for you. Uh-huh. I will paint statues for you. Uh-huh. We can put on an entire ballet can put on just our... for us. Well, okay, the thing is, the Unarians believe by enacting different scenes from our past lives, they were able to objectify the traumas and psychic shocks that took place in those long-ago civilizations that are influencing them in the present. All of them, having lived in these many different societies and situations, are being raised by these forgot, being biased by these forgotten life experiences in the present. So, if we have inhibitions, insecurities, blocks, physical problems, these are the result of past lives incidents. And this goes back to seeing like Plan Nine from Outer Space in 1984, right, 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 and them being actual things that happened, right. And so, these Earth people are processing their lives on film. And the clips I've seen in of these movies in Children of the Stars yes. show that they are every bit as good as Laser Blast. <laughs> every bit as good as Laser Blast. And I was, <laughs> I was really impressed by the graphics, yeah. like early computer graphics. And okay, like, if okay. people are going to get around and do like a homemade... Uh, movie, movie. Mm-hmm. You know, I was like, I don't. Know. I've seen a bunch of homemade movies, like running the gamut from like Clerks is kind of a homemade movie, mm-hmm. and that's really good. But then I've been like, this is my film school project. You're just like, help me. Call no, it. but this is. These people knew how to work a okay. like a star wipe. You know, uh, you know, people who are into UFOs and stuff often have like tech skills <laughs> that translate well to film projects and things. Yes. Um, yes, yes, yes. And so enthusiasms and uh, and you know in this California. plus it's California yeah, yeah. and so it's like there's yeah. people to make these films, there's people to make these costumes. And the thing is there was no script. Because Andy Warhol was part of this film. Jesus Christ. <laughs> Let me tell you, I 14 would, hours long. I would really much rather watch uh Underground Cities of Mars. Yes. Um yes, yes. all day long. Yes. <laughs> um but no, there's no script because they're reliving their past lives oh. and so they just go out there and they're talking. And they're talking and just like and, I, I will know because I will uh-huh, be reliving. Got it. Right. And I would go so far as to compare their sets and costumes to like early Doctor I Who. I was going to say early Doctor Who, yeah. but but in color. Okay. Um, and though their visuals and subjects are not unproblematic, in underground <laughs> cities of Mars, the Martians breed with humans to create the Chinese civilization. Uh, in ex- um. Cut to Uriel dressed in all of the Fu Manchu drag. Oh man! And in the back. <laughs> <laughs> no, 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 no. It's 
Um, in another one, or maybe it's the same one. <laughs> maybe it's the same one. They're all wearing like animal skins and living in grass huts and arguing about who's going to make the moccasins. <laughs> and like one just is like kid, this young man who's like hitting something with a rock mm-hmm. and this girl laying next to him and she's like playing with like sand. Yeah. And he's like, why don't you go make moccasins? And she's like, I don't want to make moccasins. I'm going to go find something to eat. <laughs> But it's a blend of, like, Native American appropriation and, like, dark continent imagery with mm. so many wigs. <laughs> I would still rather watch this than any of those middle three Star Wars movies. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so, in 1988, um, Uriel broke a hip and her health began to, cl- yeah, to decline because she's 88 years old. And although she had promised to live until 2001, her deteriorating condition made her followers suspect she would die before them, which was uh, stressful. And she was nearly bedridden in her last years and attended by some followers. In 1991, she stated that the Space Brothers had given her permission to die before their expected in ar- arrival in 2001, which did not happen because 9-11 Oh, okay. That's why nine eleven happened, and the Space Brothers were like, "You know, you're not ready. You are not for ready. our. Well, they're not li- wrong. Let me tell you. Yeah, for <laughs> our. <laughs> I'm going to agree with Zephram Cochran and uh, Douglas Adams that like the aliens should just keep on moving. Yeah. There's nothing you need. Here. No, no. <clears throat> yeah. Um. So she died in 1993. And after she died, Antares, Antares took yes. over as leader and channeled messages from her. And later on, others began channeling her and recordings of her messages were replayed. Antares died in 99 and a board of directors assumed leadership of the organization. And built the museum as it uh-huh. stands today. Got it. Yeah. In the 2000s, Unarius leader, Unarius's leaders emphasized individual transformation, focusing on gradual spiritual change in humanity. Okay. And so that is the Unarians. I will provide all kinds of links because this is shit that has to be seen, seen with your actual to be believed. Eyeballs. Okay. Um, <clears throat> in the eighties, she started going on like David Letterman. Oh, nice! And like interviews and stuff with mm-hmm. her that that were done at the. Center, center were broadcast on cable access oh man that got as far as like new york oh shoot so i want That's to go a- back in my spaceship uh-huh and you and i sat up late nights many a time watching all kinds of ignorance on tv I'm right sorry we didn't i'm sorry we didn't run into any of that, that too uh-huh. and so by the time she died she was like, people knew who she was. Right, right. She seems exactly the sort of person that, like, super early David Letterman would have on all uh-huh. the time. Yeah. yeah, and she's standing there with, like, her single rose and her wig and, uh-huh. you know, talking her about... Miss Frizzle Miss Frizzle and talking about how she was ISIS in a past life. So, yeah. That is a really... Uh, that's much better. It is much better. Is it is a perfect better. counterpoint to Children of yeah, God. Yeah, I don't want Children of God. I don't want any of that yeah. mess. But this, I am all about I it. I am all I about it. I love me a UFO cult, man. Exactly. So, Especially one that makes its own movies. Right. <laughs> this is fun. Uh-huh. All right, I'm ready. Let's so go. So here we go. Where do I work? Well, do you make costumes, props? Do you have editing I work experience? In the film industry. Wiring, because there's so many flashing lights. <laughs> I'm a I'm a I'm a cosmetologist who specializes in wigs. Model making, <laughs> portraiture. Okay. So if you're in the arts, this is a good uh-huh. okay. So yeah. That's yeah, okay. Uh-huh. Mm-hmm. 
I'm sure some schmoes had to have like jobbity jobs. Well, no, they all had jobbity jobs because this is like nobody lived in a compound. Okay, this is like come Wednesday evening and uh-huh. we'll be doing our thing. Gotcha. Right. Okay. Uh, who do I have to fuck? Um, your loving husband or wife? Nobody. You Nobody. Didn't have to fuck. You didn't any- have to do anything. I've looked. There's one picture of her like surrounded by twinks wearing wings, and I'm like, I bet there was some homo going on. Oh, there, there, there is. There's <laughs> one guy that's interviewed in every clip that I've seen who joined whenever he was 17, uh-huh. and there's a picture of him wearing like Egyptian slave diaper yes, yes. and headdress and holding a peacock, like a bejeweled peacock fan okay next to her good good and so yeah <laughs> yeah i mean yeah yeah oh yeah okay. so no Excellent. yeah um you expect me to believe this <laughs> yeah okay. yeah we got we got past lives we've got federations of planets we've got the i was the statue Einstein of liberty Brothers bagels will be landing <laughs> i was the statue of liberty got it the Space Brothers, John and Richard Space. <laughs> Trade and Mark Johnson. <laughs> Phil and Don Space. <laughs> dream, dream, dream. Uh, will someone think of the children? The only kids I saw in the documentary were wearing like animal skins and, and wigs. <laughs> in the movie. In the movie. And there was a clip, because Unaries has a, a YouTube channel. Natch. And there was a clip of some women, um, like, what does your family think? Mm-hmm. And they were like, my family is really supportive, and this makes me happy, and, you know, they're not really okay. interested in it, but, but they, they okay. know, you know, it helps me, and I like it. So I'm like, I think someone is thinking the children would yeah, be like, okay. well, I've got past life therapy. Right, I'm going to go to my Wednesday night thing. Mm-hmm. Okay. Or, like, there's a choir, you know? Okay. Oh, <laughs> this is, like, a choir practice. <clears throat> could be a lot worse. Um, it could, could be a lot worse. It could be the children of God. It could be the children of God. Uh, you want me to wear what? Oh. Um, yes. Yeah. Oh, yeah. 13 out of 10. Yes. That's right. That's, I, I want wigs. I want light up outfits. Uh-huh. Peacock headdresses. Peacock headdresses. Single roses. There's one clip where she's talking to somebody and she's got, the, like, the limpest single rose in her life. <laughs> Like, it was the last one at the gas station I had to get it. <laughs> it's made of underwear. It's a baby rose. <laughs> yeah. Uriel would never. Uriel would never. Um, how much is this going to cost? Well, you're probably going to spend a lot at the craft store. <laughs> yeah. Get your Joanne's card because you'll need Sateen is yeah. that you need a lot. Bedazzlers are not cheap. Bedazzlers are not cheap. Like some of the costumes that they had, I mean, there were gowns and there were animal skins, but there was also like this group of um, medieval-y sort of like page trumpeter Oh, outfits. yes, yes, with the tabards. <laughs> yes, yes, there's those. And the Unarius website offers classes from 5 to $15. That's not, that's not quite reasonable. That's probably just the cost of printing. It no is. Kidding. I'm going to give it a little bit of lower score because all that shit is not cheap. Yeah, somebody's yeah. got to buy film stock. Somebody's gotta, yeah, there's like film stock, and you have to like purchase the electronic equipment uh-huh. to process these things. Right, but once you got it, you got it. Right, and it was a little while ago, so it's not like I made it on my phone. No, yeah. no, you have to have like a film. Uh, okay, I'm sorry. What'd you say? Well, the Space Brothers. The Space Brothers <laughs> said a lot of things there. Gotcha. Um, Space Brothers. I, I mean, Did I mentioned that I was the Statue of Liberty. <laughs> <laughs> the whole middle part of the documentary becomes an explanation 
the likes of which is if I asked you to explain Guiding Light from when it first went on the air in like 1936 mm-hmm. up to when it went off the air in like 2003. Uh-huh. So tell me everything. But space. Okay. <laughs> But it turns out that so and so was actually from here, and then uh, and yeah. then uh-huh. and it caused but that was the secret daughter. It was <laughs> and it caused a rift and in past lives gotcha. and stuff like that. So it's like a space opera. Hello. Yes. Okay. Um. Can I go now? Why would you want to? Why would you want to? <laughs> There's plenty of people that are still there, still having a great time. But now, yeah, but but to technically answer the question, I guess you could, like, nobody was harassed or... It's just no. Like, okay. No. I guess in many ways, this cannot be considered, like, an actual cult because they're not, like, sleep-depriving you unless you're, like, up all night sewing I, banners. Right. Um, yes, it does have... It does lack a few of the things, but I still think it has mostly the cult thing. Like, uh-huh. who are the leaders and you can specifically name them mm-hmm. and, like, what kind of group activities What's, did you do? What are their beliefs? Yes. Okay. Yeah, they're not necessarily living in a rented Los Feliz mansion or something right. like that. No, like, no, yeah, no, no. Definitely. Okay. So, okay. Okay. Oh, math time. Oh, it's math time. Oh, Dang shit. It. Um, that one's mm, 13, 16, 28, 17, oh shit, uh, 9, that's, I think, let me double check, 34, uh, wait, what was it, 6, 7, 8, no, wait, that's 13, 1, 3, 3, okay. I got either 53 or 54, it was different, <laughs> so I'm gonna say 54, so I got, I got 67. Hey, not bad. So what'd you get? 54. 54, 67, 7, 8, 9, 10, 11. 121? Yeah. Hey! Not bad. Not bad at all. Not bad at all, yeah. I like me some good, like, no harming children space fun. That's, mm-hmm. a, that's not a bad call. Mm-hmm. And there's some good outfits in there. Though, yes. So. For sure. <clears throat> so. Excellent, okay. Since the t-shirt cannon is still broken... Yeah. We're going to just put on... Um, we're going to have a slam dunk contest. We're going to have we? a slam dunk contest. Okay, That's right. slam dunk contest. But you have to bring... It's a slam dunk slash Uriel costume contest. Right. So rest in your best. Dress in your best and nail the slam dunk. If you lose your wig, you're out. That's it. The Statue of Liberty is totally going to win that contest. Everybody, <laughs> she's two hundred some feet tall. That's right. Yeah, <laughs> so she's totally going to win. But that's good. Okay, mans and girls, come out and dance for us. We're going to have a slam dunk, and we'll be back after this. <laughs> Hello, friends. I'm here to tell you that. You can find links to all of our social media accounts at madnessmadnesspodcast.com. That includes our Facebook page, our Twitter account, our Instagram, and of course, you can email us at madnessmadnesspodcast at gmail.com. Yep. And we're back here in the second half of our fabulous, fabulous madness, madness matchup. There's no winner. Thanks to Squeaky, there is no winner of the slam dunk competition. Yeah. Hope you're happy, Squeaky. Thanks, Squeaky. Lynette. Thanks. <laughs> Lynette. <laughs> that was good. That's good. We'll keep Brian's with Lynette. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, I also have a bit of a correction. Oh, relay. 
Um, I was to do uh, Alexander Crowley and the Ordo Templi Orientis this week. Mm-hmm. And I did That seems it. like a, a lot of information. It, it's a lot of information. <laughs> it's a lot of information. But mostly what I learned when I was going through it is he was fascinating. I mean, mm-hmm. like... Just fascinating. He did all kinds of stuff. You know, he had mountaineer climbed K two in a an expedition where five men died. Mm-hmm. And like, did he actually do these things? Not like no, LRH actually, did these things. No, he actually did all of these things. He was a rich British, born in eighteen eighty eight to a wealthy um, family. Yeah. Went to Cambridge, did all that. Situation. So you like had to do that, shit. right? He's like, I'm smoking opium in Morocco and that kind of stuff. And he had an interesting life. And if you want to read about it, it's really cool. And the OTO. The problem with it, as I was researching, is it's more like the Freemasons. It wasn't very culty. Oh, yeah. So I was just like, well, I don't want to just talk about his whole life and then, like, read all the, like, 50... You know, there's, like, initiated into the different levels and whatever. And it was interesting enough, but it wasn't really what we need. Okay. What we need. And so I found a brand new cult that I'm bringing to us. And it is a brand new cult. It is the newest cult... That we have seen. I am fucking ready for this. Let me introduce you to the magic that is teal swan. (laughs) Wood duck. (laughs) Wood duck. Yes. (laughs) Teal swan, wood duck. No. Yeah. Okay. So teal swan, just you wait. I'm, Jesus Christ. Okay. Okay. So born in Santa Fe on June 16th, 1984. So. Yeah. Yeah. Nice. She's like, she's a millennial for Riz. June 16th, Gemini. Oh my God. Ugh. Mary Teal. June 16th. That's our wedding anniversary, Brian. Aww. Aww. Our wedding, our marriage is a Gemini. <laughs> <laughs> Mary Teal Bosworth grew up in Logan, Utah, the children of forest rangers. Okay. And they had, you know, totally nice life, whatever. She was different. Mm-hmm. Uh, and also, her family wasn't very religious, and they lived in Logan, Utah, where everybody else was a Mormon. Oh, God, yeah. So she felt really, like, shunned and outsider, mm-hmm. outcast, and... Uh, You're lucky. Consider yourself lucky. Well, <laughs> she said she felt and acted differently from everybody around her, which made her uncomfortable, and she was bullied, and all that stuff. As she grew older, then she realized that the, she, the feelings of being different are because she actually was different. Oh. Uh-huh. She was born with extrasensory abilities. What? Yes! Clairvoyance. I thought you were going to say like extra toes or something. Extra extra, extra bone in the side of her foot, like Harry Styles. Mm -hmm. Uh, No. She was born clairvoyant, clairsentient, and clairaudient. She was was so sensitive. Her clairaudience was so sensitive, she could hear the tectonic plates moving. Bitch, no, you In the earth. You don't know. (laughs) (laughs) She could see the vibrational energy that connects all people and objects. Uh And she can see through skin and diagnose illnesses even before doctors do. What? Oh. Yeah. You think that you think that we would have heard about this magical you child. You would have think, but no, uh uh-uh. Like things would have changed think, in right. 1986. Since 1980, yeah, right. So but no, none of this. Well, okay. that's because she's still building up to her. Oh good. So now she's only like known in the Logan, Utah area. She can talk with ghosts and angels. <laughs> she's an alien from the star Arcturus. That is not in the Interplanetary Confederation. <laughs> yeah, well, that's, we're going to have them scrap, let me say. Not. The Space Brothers claim no knowledge brothers. of this. Earth. have no knowledge of Arct- She, I, I'm jumping ahead of myself because I cannot wait to tell you that one of her titles is the Arcturian Soul Fork. So- um... <laughs> Lady, you gave yourself that name. You gave yourself that name. (laughs) Oh, yeah. (laughs) 
Jesus, Brian. I don't even have another lozenge to offer you. <laughs> oh my god. <laughs> we should just leave all of this in. <laughs> exactly. Even the coughing in the middle. Our episode ran over this week. Because <laughs> the Arturian soul fork fucked us. <laughs> even read the poem yet oh i can't wait oh, for the yeah. poem oh so my God. i love poetry <sighs> as a teenager the entire state you were. i was youth poet laureate of oklahoma 1994 thank you thank you very much well you can pass your judgment on this oh i poem. will <laughs> so as a teenager she attempted suicide which is not funny no and was taken to therapy by her parents uh when this was unsuccessful the therapy didn't really help her and then she told her therapist she could see through skin Uh, right "Um." and her therapist is like well let's try and ground ourselves in reality and she's like no Uh, journaling uh, after this was unsuccessful her parents turned to quote eastern practices and there they learned that the reason that teal is upset is because she is an indigo child oh my god so we're gonna have a little indigo child sidebar I think I I have heard about indigo children. Yeah, indigo children, oh, I've definitely, definitely yeah. heard of. I did, yeah. A P.S. I from now on need you to refer only to me and my child as indigo children. I'm an indigo adult now. Oh. <laughs> okay. Does, it, does the color change somewhat as you grow? It becomes more intensely indigo, I believe. Okay. Do you start as a yeah. teal child? No, you don't. She did, but <laughs> it's just there, is, coincidence. Is there is there like a whole spectrum of like Roy G. Biv children? There is. There is a, because oh, it's the I color of wait. your aura. Well, no, oh. there is. A, is it's the color of your aura but only the indigo ones are special okay like so the rest of you are like i don't know green aura or whatever bog standard bullshit only the indigo <laughs> okay yeah only the indigo children okay Damn. so here here's the our indigo, indigo girls sidebar. are like we have some <laughs> lawyers how long till my soul gets it right you're like fits right in let me tell mm-hmm. you so the term indigo children uh, was developed as a concept in the 70s by a self-described psychic and synesthete named nancy ann tapp she said that during the 60s and early 70s, she began noticing many children were born with indigo auras. <sighs> Descriptions of indigo children include that they are empathetic, curious, strong-willed, often perceived as being strange. No kid I've ever met. I was going to say, <laughs> so far this is, like, not this is me. Uh, possess a clear sense of self-definition and purpose. Strong, innate, subconscious spirituality from early childhood. Strong feeling of entitlement. Oh, definitely. there we go. High intelligence, uh, intuitive ability, and a rigid resistance to control-based paradigms of authority. Oh, fuck. Yeah, so are, are you kind of a dick? <laughs> You're an indigo child. This sounds like literally every cult leader we have talked about. <clears throat> uh-huh. so. They all feel like this. They all feel like According that. According to Tober and Carol, these are scientists that are psychologists, indigo children may function poorly in conventional schools due to their rigid rejection of authority, being smarter or more spiritually mature than their teachers, their lack of response to guilt, fear, or manipulation-based discipline. The indigo child thing has grown in popularity as people try to say, my child doesn't have ADHD or autism. My child is an indigo child. You're like, ma'am, I've got state forms to fill out, okay? (laughs) That's 
right. Can you just, this is an IEP meeting. Okay. <laughs> what is just, it like? This is a 504 meeting. This is your 504 meeting. Just sign the IEP and go back to class. Thank this you. Is, this is a Wendy's. <laughs> yes. no, this is a public school. Believe you me, I've, I've had parent conferences with people like this and you're just like, mm-hmm, okay, mm-hmm, yes, mm-hmm, just sign here. So, yes, so she was an indigo child is what they discovered. And this next bit I'm going to read you has a little, a little bit of like talk about abuse. So just in okay. case, just in case. In the early 2000s, Teal revealed that she had suffered at least a decade of physical, emotional, and sexual abuse at the hands of a family friend. Mm-hmm. This is not funny because this is very real and happens all the time. However. Uh-huh. Teal claims that she didn't know anything about this abuse until she began the therapeutic care of Dr. Barbara Snow. Does her name sound familiar to you? Mm. What if I said McMartin preschool (gasps) trial? Dr. Barbara Snow was the woman who coined the phrase satanic ritual abuse and was the psychiatrist who helped all the children in the McMartin preschool recover all of their memories. I have yet to see a good documentary about McMartin. Yeah, well... It wouldn't be good. But. No, I know. <laughs> yeah. But I've read, I read, I remember it happening. I, and I remember, remember it all about too. it. And it's just so fucked up. It is. It is. Well, well Dr. Gl- glad to say said. that once all of those people were acquitted after their lives were ruined, yes. that she was able to keep She's her shingle on. out. She, she, in Utah. She's, yeah. So, yes, Dr. Barbara Snow. Uh, helped Teal recover memories of satanic ritual abuse, mm-hmm. which included. Being sewn into a corpse. No, no, <laughs> no, you weren't. And being forced to watch the murders of quote unquote immigrant children. Right. Yes. No, 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 you didn't. Uh, her parents never knew about this because uh, it didn't happen. <laughs> no, because the satanic leader would come and check her out of school, take her for the day, perform all the rituals and bring her back to school just before dismissal. And if you had said, like, 1971, I'd be like, well, maybe. But I was a teacher by the late 90s, and, like, randos just couldn't show. If somebody was constantly being checked out of school only for the middle of the day. By a satanic leader? By anyone who wasn't their parent. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. And I guess she was just, like, fucking fine on the bus ride home? Yes. Well, she was repressing it all. That's quick. Yeah. Well, you know. Did anybody ever find bodies? No. No. Well, um... No, and she, the police investigated, she reported it to the police when she had these memories recovered. She reported it to the police, and the police investigated it very rigorously until they found out that Barbara Snow was involved, and then they were like, oh, wait, no. no. And then, like, said, never mind, and... Like, That's the same shit that she told the McMartin kids, said that they went to go to the blue building uh-huh. and were forced to watch child... She didn't even come up with a new script. No, no, it's the same thing. Yes, she discovered the child... Satanic ritual abuse. Mm-hmm. Yeah, then that was what happened to Teal. She says. Ugh. After a brief stint modeling, Teal released... Uh, a- <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that was some good... Obs. Yeah, oh yeah. Teal released a book in 2011 called Sculptor in the Sky, and she launched her YouTube channel to promote self-help spiritual teachings on depressions and how her techniques to, quote, process past trauma in order to overcome it. I would rather go act out a sci-fi movie, a totally improvised sci-fi movie, to act to deal with my past trauma. To deal with your past trauma. Her mantra was, what would someone who loved themselves do? How much would it cost you to love yourself? Amanda? How much would it cost you to love yourself more? Uh-huh. Do you know who someone who loved themselves do? <laughs> Fucking chill the fuck out. Chill out, exactly. I love myself. Look at me. I love myself. I'm having a great time. <laughs> My life is perfect. <laughs> Seriously. It's no, great. For real. 
Uh, she wants, she purports to aid people in their efforts to break past anger, depression, and suicidal thoughts. And there's nothing wrong with this. It's no. It's a good thing. It is Therapy a good thing. helps. If you are feeling bad, seek professional help. Uh, see, that's that's what well, so many of these come down to. It's it's like your, your auditing session or your EM session. Uh-huh. And it's like, it really helped me break through. It's like, yes, that's therapy. That's it's therapy. talking about your problems. Uh-huh. And with somebody who can help you break it down. You feel the bad things and you work it out. And you work it out. Yeah. And exactly. That's. Go well, to a therapist. Yeah, well, or <clears throat> click on this YouTube channel. Or listen to Teal. Teal. But, and just you wait. I'm uh, ready. Another one of, but her one of her big lessons is this, quote, what suicide is is pushing the reset button. There's nothing really wrong with suicide. No, 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 no. That well, is the wrong message to teach. Well, she says you're misinterpreting dep- Depressed youths. You, oh, yeah. <laughs> or adults. Or adults. Oh, yeah. People. While some people say that Swan is not directly encouraging suicide. She's and, not not. Yeah, she's <laughs> not not, exactly. She claims to have the strategy to help people out of suicide thoughts. But her highly triggering comments and extreme views on suicide that trickle into almost every piece of content, this is a quote, Swan produces, are potentially harmful. She all call, calls suicidal people stray cats and orphan children. Oh my God. And, and I know, <clears throat> having been a goth and had depression myself there is definitely a a, like a state of mind you can get into where if you're like feeling so sad and so like killing yourself and somebody calls you an orphan child or a stray cat Uh you're just like yes that's exactly right maybe i should kill myself oh god but if you kill yourself how will you well like comment and subscribe meanwhile you should like comment and subscribe to our podcast we We will never tell you to kill yourself never absolutely not no way that this is a bad time to bring that up Sorry. Uh, sorry, never mind. Okay, so what does she believe? Here you go. Here's some quotes from her website. And Please. Let me tell you, picture in your mind the Heaven's Gate website, which is like basically static pink and purple letters on a black background. The Unarian website is very... <laughs> static pink and purple. Very similar. <laughs> yes, it is. And it when, is. Like, Bugs Bunny is coming in from the side with a basketball. <laughs> yeah. Well, th- her website is the like 100,000% opposite it is oh, the websiteiest of i mean she's got her her tech teams and her social media it's all it's like videos and and bits it's the most elaborate website ever teal swan's mission is the transformation of human suffering to an empowered and authentic life your only access of power and choice is to be in reality and see the truth but all that being said a person has to want to see the truth You can't make someone want to see the truth. And so, one of the most important things you can do is decide honestly what your actual motive for practicing spirituality and self-help is. To put it simply, Teal Swan is the red pill. Oh, no. Oh, my God. That's like a bluster bomb of red flags. (laughs) It really is. It's like, first of all, that says nothing. And second of all... You just referenced the fucking Matrix. Yes, you just referenced the Matrix. Don't reference movies in the middle of your cult. <laughs> oh, they cannot stop referencing science fiction movies in the middle of their cults. Like, every last one that's of true, them. That's true, that's true. They, no, they're not making movies. Like. <laughs> yeah, that's right, they're making them, they're referencing them, they're doing all that kind of stuff. Teal's deepest intention is to set people free, but not that suicide rate. The Arcturian Re- Soul Fork, as she has I'm, been called. Okay. <laughs> Shit, yes. Red Pill is also all those, like, men's rights yes, activists. The Reddit version of Red Pill is yeah. just, like, evil misogyny. Uh-huh. Yeah. So, ma'am? No. No. Just, it's been misinterpreted, I'm sure, or stolen from her by Reddit. The Bukowskis? 
the Wachowski sense. <clears throat> the Cohen brothers, not to be confused with the Space Brothers. <laughs> no. Well, Ethan Space. Ethan Space. That's it. So, the Arcturian Soul Fork, as oh, she has been Jesus called, Christ. Uh, currently lives in the Philia Retreat Center, an intentional community in Costa Rica for reasons that have nothing to do with income tax. Taxes, yeah. <laughs> Absolutely not. And we could go there. <gasps> and we could stay there. Oh my God. Especially if we have a group of 11 to 25 and we'll commit to at least a week's residence. How much? You don't know because it's one of those things where it's like... If you have to ask, you can't afford it. And also, I'm not going to tell you on the website. You need to write in and mm-hmm. kind of stuff like that. So that You I need to give me more information before yes, I tell yes. you. Yes, I have prices on some things, but we don't have prices on how no. much it costs. But it doesn't matter how much it costs because along with three vegan meals a day and opportunities for excursions, there are so more many amenities. Every room has a teal swan frequency painting associated with it. Do you have to like relax your eyes and kind of cross them a little bit? Uh, I don't know what you'd see. You'd see like, I don't know, Joel and Ethan's face. (laughs) (laughs) It has a frequency painting. The vibrations will work subliminally on your guests to catalyze desired changes. (laughs) After the day, you're like... I have to poop. <laughs> Both the door and the duvets will carry the vibration. <laughs> so you could poop in your bed. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. Each guest house also has a kitchen, a swimming pool, and quote, a massage table with many crystals. <clears throat> Each guest house has a pool? That's what it said. That's kind of nice. In, well, it's Costa Rica. I'm sure they're I'm sure they're paying a really compensatory wage to all of the people I'm sure. Who work there. I was like, I also think that you can probably go to Costa Rica and get this shit like without all the shit. <laughs> well, you're not going to get a frequency vibrational duvet cover, are you, Erin? Oh. Does it have Teal's face on it? No, no. Her frequency vibration paintings and images. This is, y'all need, again, along with the last one, there's, I cannot adequately convey the vibration frequency paintings (laughs) and you should look at them there's well there's a lot of merch Uh, associated with her i know it's yeah in this shockingly uh social media cult here Mm -hmm. there's a whole great deal of merch teal tribe the teal tribe oh god hundreds of thousands of social media followers across all platforms which is true last night i noodled around and i found her on tumblr and facebook and instagram and uh uh, Facebook. Tumblr's a deep cut. You Tumblr know. is usually a deep cut. They don't yeah, bother the Tumblr. They usually don't make it to Tumblr, but there, were, there weren't as many, but there right. were still some. There's a lot on Instagram. Oh, yeah. Uh, surmount your suffering. Heal your wounds. Awaken an empowered, authentic life. Let Teal Swan guide you inward through the uncomfortable truths and shadows that the self-help industry doesn't even mention Mm-mm. in order to get beyond your suffering. Having integrated her own harrowing life experiences, she inspires millions of people towards truth, authenticity, freedom, and joy. Yeah, she's all about, like, you suffer and I can help you. Right. Because I suffered. (sighs) Which is not an untrue thing in many legit But you made this shit up. Yes, but you're an Arcturian soul fork, and I'm kind of... (laughs) Okay, I have some questions, and if you're going to get to them later, just let me know. Let's hear it, let's hear it. Along with your vibrating duvet <laughs> and um do you have to put quarters in it <laughs> That's right. it only vibrates for 15 minutes at a time um, and your three <laughs> vegan meals a day uh-huh. so you know to guarantee that you're starving most of the time yes do you like do yes anything? you get classes and meditate you get like you get like classes okay uh-huh and she will come and talk to you about her stuff oh my god i would rather well, no. Okay. I was about to say I would rather go to church, but that's not true. Well, here. 
Um, you could st- everybody ha- everybody on Earth has PTSD is her premise, which may not be incorrect. That's true. But once you begin to address this, you can start what you call your completion process, which okay. is her a big thing of hers. I hear like Afghan. Estan veterans do this instead of going yeah, to Walter right. Reed. Instead of going Walter Reed, they just go to like join the Teal Tribe. Mm-hmm. Well, you were asking what this is like, and I will tell you. One upcoming event, COVID pending, is called the Curveball, and I really kind of have to read you. I'm so a big ready. Chunk of what will happen to you at the Curveball experience. So this is a quote: "The Curveball experience is a deep dive. If you're interested in a week of calm, relaxation, and positivity." This is not the event for you. Well, fuck it then. Shh. This event is for the exact opposite of a bystander experience or a <sighs> relaxation retreat. Lazy. The curveball is an experience where Teal Swan does what she does best. Takes you on a deep dive into your shadow. Into your wallet. <laughs> into your wallet. <laughs> potentially your light. She shows you the truth about yourself and the truth about your life. Truths you have been hiding from yourself. Oh my god. Curveball requires a willingness to be vulnerable. The courage to let go of coping mechanisms that have kept you safe. Um, if I can't bring my cigarettes, I'm out. <laughs> we call this event Curveball because Teal Swan does not prepare in any way. She shows up on the first day, energetically <laughs> reads each person as well as the group, and designs her curriculum accordingly. Oh my god. Mm-hmm. Although it does say at the end that you will mostly be dealing with her staff and not her. Clearly. Uh-huh. Yeah, she's, she's, she's not coming to Tuesday mornings. Teal Swan and her hand-picked completion process practitioner team. There was another thing about... They don't have can... a cabin. They live in her ass. They do, exactly. If you're ready to be brave enough and, see what to, and to do what's necessary to create a shift, if you're ready to get your hands dirty in the raw awareness that is necessary for genuine healing to occur for yourself and the other people in attendance, then we would feel blessed have you there uh also i couldn't get a price on this you have to apply uh, part of your application includes a headshot oh so we need to make sure no he gets to sit up fats front. no fans no fats no fems 100 there's Ugh. more and more in this but the very end is it will not be possible to attend a curveball workshop friend for your life to continue along its current course the question is are you ready for it that means do you have a headshot please brian <laughs> please brian <laughs> As you were reading that, tie over and over. I, I just remembered this article I read about the uh, Zen Buddhism, I believe, mm-hmm. retreats that Steven Seagal threw. Oh, yeah. Uh, yeah, yeah. Only um, like I would like thirty times out of ten rather go to one of those. <laughs> <laughs> I would rather go to a Zen Buddhism retreat with Steven, Steven Seagal. Thrown by Steven Thrown Seagal. By yes. Seagal. There is just so okay. That is just an unbelievable amount of horseshit. And it's even like compared to the all the horseshit in Scientology, uh-huh. I'm like, like Nexium horseshit. Or Nexium horseshit. I'm like, this boils down to what are you doing? Mm-hmm. What are you doing? Yeah. She's going to help. Well, she, uh, it also boils down to what I'm finding is it's going to be therapy. But instead of being like, therapy where you go to your therapist and you're like when I was little my cat died and my mom wasn't sympathetic and I feel really bad yeah but here everyone's like hot and crying and hot and crying and teals up there wearing oh god I cannot even with her outfits they're not like wackadoo outfits but it's just like I go to I I just got out of bed and threw this on and then like walked out into the desert in my flowing gorgeous gown. Right. It's yeah. very like it 
I think in like when we went to Taos yes. and there was that like uh like a sort of open air shopping place. Yes, yes. Like you can buy a lot of yes. gowns. Yes, you there. can buy lots of flowiness and gowns and it is. It's like, ooh, this is nice linen. Uh-huh. <laughs> yeah, they're wrong. They're very nice and they're not unattractive clothing, mm-hmm. but it is a very much like new agey kind of look. But not again, not wackadoo, like Instagram new agey. I'm yeah. beautiful and flowing. Her website is a multimedia extravaganza. There are in... Does it have its own t-shirt can? <laughs> it, shoot, man. I think that's the only thing it doesn't have. Steal this t-shirt can. Steal this t-shirt cannon. It's got blog posts, video lessons, video diaries, uh, galleries, galleries, galleries of photos of her looking moodily at, to the left or to the right or up or into oh, the God. camera. And so much merch so much merch put a healing masculine wounds frequency resonation grid bow on her head and she is the new age jojo siwa let me tell you because so much merch oh my god so much merch i haven't even gotten all the the frequency grids i think i like got this out of order a little bit but okay 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 resonation frequency grid paintings are a thing she also has a recipe section to oh, her blog. Good. With like top tier culinary things like salad <laughs> <laughs> and hummus. What? Pine yeah. nuts. Pine nuts. Yeah, and again, so much merch. Okay. <clears throat> yes. And she has a poetry section of her blog. <sighs> That's you. what we're here for. It was so hard for me to choose just one. <laughs> uh, but I'm going to, I, I found one and now you have to listen to it. Okay, yeah, let, me t- let me take a drink of my take wine a drink first. Of your wine. Don't, don't, swallow so it all swallow, the way. Yes. <laughs> don't spit into the equipment. Okay. okay. <laughs> Walking in the City by Teal Swan. And this is written in all caps, so <clears throat> I'm going to get on my... I'm going to get on my poetry slam reading voice and we... No, I'm not going to. Walking in the City. Hot time. <laughs> Back of my net. Dirty and gritty. <laughs> Along the void with gristly voices and flickering lights, let the razor speak on your wrists this time. Let them weep where you howl to be free of them, free of how they hold you up and bend, not break under the weight of it. Do you suffer my stain? You have not fathered me, life. You have not mothered me, life. You have stood and watched these crimes against me with an ocean of indifferent stars and hidden me under ink-black night so cars would pass me, babbling of destinations unwilling to wait. That torture, though hacked and ill-humored, it was mine. Unlike this normalcy I seek now, the salt-sucked sins I assumed to be past times threw tears in one stroke and dried them so they wouldn't come, and composure, the beggar of the tides to stop coming, but they can't. Peace to reign, but it won't. People to see, but they don't. So, in quick, cruel light, what lines shall I trace with blood? What blood shall I let with steel? Uncarved skin, like the thickest of frosts, begs to be cleaved, lest it reveal a maiden or a beast. Yeah, so that definitely doesn't promote suicide. No. (laughs) No. Well, like, what was the thing about being free of them? I was like, your wrists? God damn these okay. wrists. I wish my arms were attached, my hands were attached to my elbows. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Stupid wrists. <laughs> Shit. God. Brian, oh. I wish you'd 
I was able to psychically convey to you to take a picture of my face as she was reading that. Yeah. It was just like Erin was trying to get her face as far away from me as she could. While I was reading. I was like, eh. Yeah. Look, even good poetry makes me feel awkward when read out loud. Uh-huh. Um, and... Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So there's a lot of poems. Oh, I fucking bet there, there are. There are a lot of poems. Let I bet yeah. there are. Okay. Well, although I really going to say allegedly really loud just over and over again and hope that she hears it because this is, like I said, it started in 2011 and it's still in full flower. Yes. So. Uh, yeah, because, like, surprisingly, uh, Teal doesn't like to be called the Suicide Catalyst, which what? is one of her nicknames. Oh, oh. Well, <laughs> then why do you keep talking about it? She doesn't. Uh, Just because you interpret it that way <laughs> doesn't mean that she talks about I it that see. way. I see. I didn't say that. I didn't say so that. So that's, the, uh, lying about what they say is a cult yes, thing. Yes, exactly. Well, that's what you heard. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. Yes, David Miscavige. I <laughs> did hear that you kept people in the hole. In the hole. Yes, well, that's what you heard. More of an anti-wrist activist. <laughs> Jesus Christ. Two people in the Teal tribe have died. Oh after posting At their own hands? Yes. Mm-hmm. After posting to the tribe's Facebook page that they were having suicidal thoughts and having people respond in the Teal tribe, instead of saying like, oh my God, do you need help? Or here's the suicide hotline in your area. They would reply to her post with Teal's video, which is entitled, I want to kill myself. What to do if you're suicidal? Oh, no. Okay. In the video, Swan urges those who feeling suicidal to seek medical help. Did you watch it? No. I haven't. I watched bits and pieces of things, but there's so freaking much. I bet. Uh, she goes on, but she does go on to say that in her experience, for some people, that may not help long term. And suicide is kind of a safety net or a reset button that's always available to us. She argues that viewing it this way, well, if you think about it that way, then it allows you to reject it as an option. If you think about it as really an option, then you can know that it's an option you don't have to take. Oh. But literally, like, like, there was an entire sitcom that revolved around the line, have you tried turning it off and turning it back on again? (laughs) (laughs) Well, you know. And that's what resetting is, which is the non-permanent thing. Yes, and she... She, again, she suggests an exercise where viewers are told to lie down on the floor and imagine their own death in a grisly detail. And then... Look, like they haven't already. Right. (laughs) But then you realize that there's nowhere to go, so you may as well live. And remember that killing yourself would create a devastating ripple for loved ones, and it does not matter if you're here or not. You don't want to die. What you want is an end to your pain. Okay, Okay, yes. Which is true, but I feel like that is mixed into a whole lot That is mixed into a whole lot, and that is also, like, a very legal reason that she can be like, I'm not not wrong. Yes. So, you may, uh, allegedly, 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 (sighs) but 99% of my uh, stuff from here just comes from her website. (laughs) Right. Yeah. Yeah. And an article from The Guardian by a woman whose daughter killed herself. God, Jesus Christ. Yeah. This, oh, this is... It, it, as I said, I'll allow you to interpret the ideas. It's ex, it's not explicit, but it does seem easy, especially if you are a vulnerable person. Right. Easy to pick that. At no point am I hearing, like, you need to choose the light. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. Or you can come on an unpriced Costa Rican yes. vegan vacation, and mm-hmm. then you can 
Yes. Maybe get through your shit. And that's the only thing. The, the only thing that will save you. The only thing will save you will be going to one of her like deep dives and uh, her her filial mm-hmm. uh, intentional community. This is the whitest shit. Oh, it's so oh, white. It is. It's very white. It's very social media. I mean, it's very, very modern. It's very, very modern. And uh-huh. it's all blog posts and YouTube videos uh-huh. and... Well, just like fucking privileged, you know? Like, mm-hmm. hey, buy our expensive shit. It'll oh. make you feel better. You ready for the expensive shit? I'm ready shit? for some expensive shit. I'm, skip, I'm combining two. How much will it cost and you want me to wear what is going to go into this same little okay. category here? So I'm feeling pretty suicidal right now. Not well, gonna, no, don't. Not, not you know what you need, Brian? Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, for $8, I purchased you the Healing Masculine Wounds uh, audio meditation. So maybe oh. that will help you. Oh what? my God! Can, do, do, can you tell me more about that? No, because I didn't actually pay the eight dollars for it. <laughs> That'll get you on a list. That'll get you on a list. Yes. Uh-huh. Well, okay. Because it should. It says I couldn't <laughs> find prices for things like staying at the Philia retreat, but I found a many meditation packages, audio packages that mm-hmm. started about fifty dollars. Yeah. Uh, there were individual one-offs like the healing masculine wounds and things like that. Oh my god! But the weirdest thing, as I browsed her website in the merch section, is a little pop-up bubble in the corner would pop up constantly and say things like. Someone in Vilnius, Lithuania just added powerful protection guided meditation to their cart. <gasps> no, they didn't. I don't, maybe they did. It would constantly pop up. Be like, somebody in Boulder, Colorado just added the healing masculine wounds bandana to their cart. It, it made me feel weird. That is weird. Uh-huh. Like, are we supposed to be inspired by how many other people are buying this stuff? Because it just made me really self-conscious. The only thing worse than that being fake is that being real. Yes. Yeah. And I highly specifically yeah. think it's real uh-huh uh-huh like now i looked at it so <laughs> oklahoma city is going to be on there i didn't click on any i just looked at it i didn't read deeper right no no, no 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 like do, do not touch anything <laughs> i didn't add anything to the cart it's gonna fuck up your cookies man. no kidding i'm like clearing the cash clearing the cash <laughs> okay. uh, well you know if, if you have money and you want to wear something fun if you have an extra 155 dollars you can add the Arcturian Blu-ray self-love grid onesie. Yes. Which you will be seeing a photo of. Yes. uh, Which is thusly described, and I quote, Blu-ray self-love grid self-love. The Arcturian Blu-ray transmission. The exact image of the vibrational Arcturian broadcast of self-oriented love. One healing modality used by the Arcturian race is Blu-ray healing, which like came Blue after blockers. DVD release. Like, like what is? What are they going to upgrade it to 4K? That's right. Now we just stream it. Uh, frequency paintings by Teal Swan are energetic pa- patterns that are part of a pre-manifested reality that then translate into your physical experience when you spend time near them. Is this still the onesie? This is the onesie. This the onesie has her frequency pattern on it. She has lots of frequency resonating patterns with mm-hmm. things like healing male wounds, uh-huh. uh, blue self-love, and those patterns, you can get it on a bandana. You can get it on a onesie. Uh-huh. You can get it on a duvet cover. You can get it on a... Mm-hmm. Would you like a divine masculine activation bandana? A financial which, freedom... Which pocket do you put that in? Duvet cover. <laughs> That's right. The front. <laughs> well, are you a divine masculine top? <laughs> <laughs> do you want activation or do you want to be activated? You got to pick a pocket, a left or right. There. Do you want to be a dreamer or work for a dreamer? <laughs> That's right. Oh yeah, you might want to get the teal tribe tattoo. <gasps> oh, it's a circle 
inside a triangle, inside a square, inside a circle. And I am saying, right, what time is it right now? 5.51. Ready, set, go to the first time one of us sees us in the wild. Oh, look out. shit. Because there's stickers. That's the Teal Tribe tattoo. So it's and it looks kind of like the uh, Deathly Hallows tattoo. Uh, yeah. <laughs> Except it doesn't have the wand part in the middle. I'm going to be looking uh, at like bumper stickers. I'm, we're, tomorrow, you and I will go shopping at Trader Joe's. And I'm sure we're going to see like four. <laughs> we'll see at least one on a parking uh, yes. car in the parking lot. Not at Crest. No, not at Crest. <laughs> you will not see that at Crest. I will definitely see it at Trader Crest Joe's. does not have time for that. <laughs> no. Crest does not advertise <laughs> because they don't, to That's keep right. their prices low. Okay, but you know, is it a cult? Mm. Is this a cult? Mm. Aaron and Brian, is this a cult? Well, it's certainly there to get your money. It's definitely a grift. You are wrong. Of course. Oh, okay. <laughs> Absolutely Clearly. not. That happened right before. Teal has written a nine-page essay. Just nine? Just nine. It's well, space It's internet pages, I don't know. Scroll, scroll. Uh, which follows the quote, the characteristics of a cult checklist that she found on another website. Oh, so oh. so so oh. whenever I do something, I definitely put up a list as to why it's not. not. <laughs> she addresses each of the 15 points in turn and well, shows us how this is absolutely not a cult. Okay. Mm-hmm. Here's some reasons please, why it's not please, a cult. Just let me know. Nobody makes my group members only socialize with each other, but they find out that they want to only socialize with each other. Okay. Once they start. Okay. No one makes them leave their families, but once they begin the process, they find that it's best to leave their families mm-hmm. of their own accord. That's true of any cult. Mm-hmm. Dimwit. Of course I charge money. You have to try have money to live. Who's uh, like Nicole? Come on, I... Quote, I teach people to question everything, including me, to listen to their own internal guidance. Oh, guide really? I have some questions for you, Teal. And be honest with themselves and become their real authentic guide and set themselves free from fears and own their own life. <laughs> and, you know, if that's the case, I guess I'm the worst cult leader ever. Because <laughs> yeah. I, I don't want them to listen to me. I only want to listen to yeah. them. That reminds me of in the Heaven's Gate documentary, mm-hmm. at one point, one of them was talking about like, oh, you know, people might think we're a cult. And we're like, ha, 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 ha. Let's take out an ad that says we're a cult. <laughs> <laughs> yes. uh, although she also did write in a separate article. But, you know, cults promise significance and connection. They offer a place for people to belong. No, cults are bad. People who <laughs> lack a sense of connection and belonging and significance, they're worth anything. I mean, as we saw in Jonestown, it's worth <gasps> dying for. No, no, yeah, no. Yeah, 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 yeah. Some, sometimes people feel like they belong in prison after they're there for a while. Well, yeah. yeah. No, that's <laughs> Stockholm Syndrome's also a thing. Yeah. Oh, yeah. my God. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, can you go now? You can go now. She will. You can leave if you want to, but, but be ready for her to like vague post about oh, you. Oh, I fucking bet. And like wow. passive aggressively, uh, you know, like if some people leave the next week, it's like when people can't understand real teachings. Yeah. Today's lesson is about people who don't take wonderful offers that are given to them and that kind of stuff. So you can leave if you want to. And I guess if you just like never check her website again, you won't really care. That's true. It's not like you're all like living together. No, that's nobody. I mean, you can go and stay in Costa Rica, but they don't live in a big like place. So there Mm -hmm. is that. And as for children, uh, Teal herself has a son. Would you like to guess the son's name? Oh my God. Oh my God. Is it Indigo? Ooh, you're, you're close. It's not a color, but it's that kind of a name. Mm, Is it Bodhi with an H? (laughs) Winter. <laughs> yes. That's it? Yeah, Winter. Winter Scott is his middle name. <laughs> That's ridiculous. Yes. 
And she has a number of blog posts literally, literally entitled, My Child, in all capital letters. God, With I'm some, ready for this child to get the fuck out. Oh, I know, I know. I'm just going to go by Scott from now on. Yeah, please. Yeah. Uh, let's, uh, you know what? Pivy hot takes like, becoming a parent changes your priority. Yeah, what? bitch. Watching children play is a blessing and a lesson. You're like, well, not really. Brand new. <laughs> no one's ever had that take before. That, that has to have been like crocheted on something only like with no G and just an apostrophe. <laughs> a blessing. A blessing. A blessing. A lesson. A lesson and a blessing. <laughs> Kids. <laughs> All right. It's okay. So uh, is my observation that the Teal Tribe is a young movement in terms of average age. Yeah. They're not like kitty kids, but they're no. young. They're like out of college and like wandering around. I don't know. So I guess a lot of them are either child-free by choice or in the unfortunate but real position of, I wish I had a house and a family, but I have to drive an Uber to pay off my $200,000 college student debt, mm-hmm. which is not their fault. No. It's either that or it's like rich old women who have nannies to look after their kids while they're in Costa Rica. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Think of the children, but leave them at home. Yeah. And that is Teal Swan, the social media, internet. Oh, my God. uh, Vibrational frequency, Arcturian soul fork, satanic ritual abuse survivor, poet. Jesus fucking Christ. They make, she makes like the Kardashians sound like the Kennedys, you know? Yeah. She's like. Fucking Warren Buffett. I know. Yeah, right. At least Kim Kardashian is just like, I have no thoughts in my head. Would you like to see another picture of my ass? Mm -hmm. Right. And she's all like, no, listen here. I'm definitely not promoting suicide, but you should slash your wrists and see what you unleash. That is, that is a super, first of all, lady leader. Lady leader, yes. There's an article about her and the article, well, the article's not all about her, but the article is entitled, Why Yes, Some some Cults Are Led by Women. Yeah. Yeah. And so she is a lady cult leader who is using the... Female vulnerability. The age old, like, girl on girl violence Mm -hmm. of exploiting female vulnerability. Social ostracization. Yes. Mm -hmm. That's how girls bully. You have to be pretty. Yeah, send a headshot before I decide whether or not you can come to my dive retreat. Fuck. Uh God, I know. No, it's just, and it's just this horse shit. It's, Uh I mean, I am enraged. (laughs) Will this one score lower than Scientology? I don't know. She can't possibly score lower than Scientology for real. That's true. I mean, the jargon... I think, but it's up there with the grift. It's up there with the grift, but it's not like renting houses across the street from people. Yeah, I think that maybe one of the things that this call has for is it's still in its like first flush. It's still on the rise. I think if we revisit it in ten years and see what's happening to the teal tribe at that point, that would be an interesting thing. Mm -hmm. Because right now, I mean, like she's sad because COVID is make is making her retreat. Her curveball. It's like we. Sorry, we can't do this. Oh yeah. It's you like it's all still at peak and still moving up. Shit. I hope maybe COVID will kill it. No, I don't think so. Damn it. <laughs> nope. So yeah, teal swan. That is. <laughs> and I, I again, once again, I urge you to look at picture. Go and look at all of the like male vibrational frequency. All of the different painting patterns. And all of the different things you can get them on, you know, it's like, do you want the shirt? Do you want the onesie? Do you want the duvet cover? Do you want the I saw a hanging? picture of the onesie. Yes. Can you describe the onesie? <clears throat> well. No. <laughs> first of all, 
that fucking onesie better have been made from like ancient Chinese silk. Right. For $155. For $155. But I'm one, I was like, I bet you're sweaty in that. Mm -hmm. Um, It looks like it has actually a very sort of early mid 90s look very much so in that it's like almost tie-dye but it's not tie-dye angulary tie-dye it's angulary tie-dye and it's covered in like these black lines grid lines grid lines vibrational frequency grid Uh uh-huh and really the most egregious part is the heart right on the pussy well that's because it's the self-love onesie and they don't all have the part (laughs) It to me the pattern does looks- it have a flap that opens? <laughs> I hope so, man. Because you zip that thing, you'd be cold. Uh, I guess not in Costa Rica. I guess not. It looks to me a lot Swampy. like. Swampy. <laughs> yeah, that's it. It's a polyester onesie, and you're just gonna immediately get swamp crotch. One with your own yeast infection. <laughs> it looks to me a lot like if you could buy really fancy, high quality arcade carpet. Then- <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Like like woven in Persia. Persian Angoran arcade carpet. It's like the Portland Airport carpet. Yeah, or the the old carpet in the uh, Dragon Con Hotel. The Mm. new carpet doesn't look good, but the old Dragon Con Hotel carpet is 100% got the vibrational onesie frequency painting look. Jesus Christ. Teal Swan, baby. Oh, God. God. For us? No. I don't think this is it. We got to do it, though. We got to add it all up. Okay, we got to add it all up. Brian, can you hand me my pad of paper, please? Okay. So. Uh, do you expect me to believe this? No, no. Well, first of all, believe what? Because, <laughs> yeah. Can you, I mean, like, uh, Christianity, I could sum up in a sentence. Uh, dude, I even think that I could sum up, like, Hare Krishna and stuff. It's like, meditate to become a better person for your next reading. I can sum up Scientology better. Uh-huh. And she's, I'm like, do you feel, and you, and we'll take, it's therapy, but then with other stuff on it, so... But it's but it's not about suicide. Open your wrists. Yeah. I think what offends me the most <laughs> is the notion that she doesn't plan these sessions. She just shows up. Shows up. And I was like, oh, oh fuck that. That's well, a great way to get fired from any job. It says in the middle that she just she doesn't plan it. She shows up every day and reads the room and no. delivers it. And then the last line of that same ad is, you will mostly be working with her staff and not her. That is exactly what they described in the Steven Seagal like Zen Buddhism. <laughs> yes, movie. that's exactly what I was talking. Oh my about. god, that was Steven the, Seagal not included. That was the same thing as like the um fucking like Goop. Oh yes, Goop oh, Festival. Goop Fest. Gwyn- Gwyneth will not be here. Yeah, Gwyneth will not I be. Don't actually. Prepare. Yeah. No, but up. but the fact that she's bragging about not fucking planning, I'm like. Yeah, I just rock up and I just read the room and we just go. It's because like, what I say yeah. is meaningless. Right, because I'm just making it all up, pulling it out of my phone. Horseshit. Okay. Uh, I'm offended. I'm offended. <laughs> I'm offended by this horseshit. <laughs> I'm kind of angry about it myself. God, okay. just like, fuck you. Who do you gotta fuck? Uh, yourself. It's a self-love onesie right there. That's right. <laughs> I don't I never got any sense. There was not anything. No. Yeah. I it, it that to me it seems like the sort of thing like whatever you do in your like lifey life is whatever you do in your lifey life. Yeah, but I also But I also got a feeling that like a lot of the people who would be drawn to this are like single young women. I get the feeling that once you go to Costa Rica afterwards with your vegan meals, and I assume everybody's fucking sober, yeah, then it's 
meat market time. Yeah, well, you know, that vibrational frequency duvet ain't going to influence itself, let me tell yeah. you. Uh, well, you know, and that's like actually assuming you get there and are not, uh, you know, your suicidal thoughts are, are outweighed by your unattractiveness. I was going to say, yeah, this depends on whether or not you submit your headshot and they're like, oh, I imagine it to be like that scene in Animal House where they're just like putting up the slides and everybody's like, no. I know. Well, like in my sorority <laughs> in the house. sorority's house. Mm-hmm. No. Questionable moral fiber. Mm-hmm. Children, no, don't okay. bother me with thoughts of your children. Is kind Hang of on. I, oh, I want to make sure that even though you don't have to fuck anybody, this does not get a high score. <laughs> That's fine. Okay. So make sure you get it. <laughs> you know. <laughs> well, okay. You so, got to answer honestly, Aaron, or else it's not scientific. Okay, I did. All right. Children. Children. Uh, I Yeah, my basic feeling was like, if you have children, I don't want to hear about it because children are boring right <laughs> so but nobody makes you do anything bad to the children nobody makes which you is really the grip yeah. do anything bad to the children Ooh. these yeah. are a lot of people that refuse to have children but have small dogs yes and call them their children and refer to them as their fur babies which makes me puke yeah that's right oh i have i have grand dogs it's like your kid didn't give you any grandchildren which they don't have to you are not obligated to produce children even if your parents want them but your pets are not your children <laughs> i know that's like mom wants you to babysit your grand dog <laughs> yeah, that's right mom is trying to get me to babysit her dog and i'm just like no board him there's a reason i don't have a dog there's a reason i don't have a dog yes yeah. pets can you board them can you leave them at home alone with a giant bowl of food while you go away for a day or two then it's not a child <laughs> mm-hmm. so, oh, sorry that was a sidebar <laughs> no it's true uh yeah. you want me to wear what dollars oh, onesie with a heart on the pussy so, um, no but the and the rest of it is like put on your instagram ready outfit right and give yourself a blowout because you're going to be photographed yeah you want me to wear what in this nice. situation right. spills over into like low lights and yeah, shit yeah, exactly. it spills over to how much this is going to cost me it does right they, i had to combine the two because of the action mm-hmm. there. uh can i go Okay, wait. So we have believe. Believe. Uh, Where do I work? Where do I work? Um, Well, somewhere because those onesies aren't cheap. These um, you work in a sweatshop making onesies. You can either work in a sweatshop making onesies, or again, this seems like a very young group, so you probably have gig economy kind of jobs. And I am not in any way dissing the poor, the people, the struggling generations after me. Mm -hmm. We're the last. With, you know, I went to college and got a library degree and became a librarian. Yeah, me too. And I paid for my college with, I would work at a used bookstore and save $20 bills in a box on my dresser and then go and pay my tuition with it. You can't do that anymore. No. So no. I'm feeling for y'all, but she's still not got the answers. No. So yeah, work your gig jobs, earn a whole lot because you got to buy those onesies. Mm. And I also think that if like you're older and your investment banker husband is bingo, is busy, then you can go to Costa Rica Shit. And stuff like that so well it seems like it takes a lot of time for uh-huh. you to experience all that uh-huh. you can experience uh-huh. and that doesn't mean you have a lot of time to like work two shifts at the border crossing <laughs> also true also true so yeah it's like i probably there's a big like teal swan coachella kind of crossover oh i bet that kind of stuff yeah she's definitely been to burning man mm-hmm. okay so can i go uh, so work, you believe, can, but uh, gonna... children, wear, cost. Uh, is there another question? I can't remember. Uh, speed. What? Can I go now? We did. Yeah. Can I go now? You can. Excuse but... me. I guess you can. 
if you want to. Do you want... Oh, yeah. You want me to believe what? <laughs> no, no, no. What'd you say? What'd you say? Well, I'm the Arcturian soul fork. That's yeah, what no. I <laughs> <laughs> no. And then go... Yeah. Yeah, I guess. Okay. Yeah, you can if you want to. Did you hear that she left? Mm-hmm. We knew that she really didn't have what it takes. Mm-hmm. Okay, yeah. I'm doing my fucking math. Okay, okay. hang on. Math time. Uh, Nine. Three, five, nine. That's okay. Fourteen. These were small numbers, and he's dad. I got a twenty-one. I got thirty-two. Dang, dang. I don't know why. I I got I get highest points for not molesting children. (laughs) (laughs) The best thing about this cult is the way that they probably don't don't molest molest their children. children. (laughs) At least it's not as a sanctioned activity. So, so it's a 53. Oh, wow. 53. So definitely our so winner this week is Unarians. The Unarians. Heck yeah. And our losers this week are children of God. The children of God. They're absolute losers. And uh, the OTO, which is not necessarily a loser, just, just was mistakenly included in mm-hmm. this bracket. I think children of God is the worst. Even with like Jonestown suicides. Yeah. Because... The, even they died yeah, <laughs> yeah. i mean like in waco was abused. waco was really yes. uh, really really bad but children of god is like it teaches them that they should do that and that's that it's good that i'm doing this to you the whole <sighs> thing yeah no that's yeah that's the really whole bad. thing the whole thing yeah Screw you, children of God. We're going to Uranians. <laughs> did anyone from Children of God go go to prison? Like, please tell me they did. I don't think so. I don't think so. Oh, as far as I know, they, they still exist, don't they? What? Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Because in the eighties, they were forced to put out like a statement saying, "No, we don't encourage sex with children." P.S. That's all that they did. <laughs> That's a, I, my fingers are not crossed behind my back. I promise. Yeah. In, in the 80s, they put out this statement saying, absolutely no, we don't encourage that. And then they sent a special like sort of intra <laughs> newsletter <laughs> saying, yeah, we do. Yeah. Don't just ignore that. You can totally carry on. Uh-huh. Yeah. Well, like I said, River Phoenix is family. Oh. Yeah. River Phoenix's family. And he talks about that shortly before he died. Of a heroin overdose. Oh, God. Yeah. So. Yes. But Teal Swan, let me tell you. What an amazing what amount an amazing of horse journey. shit. I, I, I really just want to go out to California and make myself a homemade sci-fi movie. Yes. <laughs> Fuck yeah, motherfucker. It'd be a lot more fun. Gowns, choir practice. That's the whole reason I joined this cult. I need a wig. I need a, a new wig. wig. I need an assortment of wigs. I need an assortment of wigs and an outfit that lights up. Mm-hmm. Well, <gasps> all right. All right. Yes, so that's what, what we've got. Good stuff going on this week. Good and what's bad, the, and we're ready. What's, what's up next week? Uh, is next week Tony Alamo? Tony Alamo oh. versus the Moonies. No. No, it's not yes it is no it's no moonies and falun gong Fal- oh moonies that's right because we have all asia it's, all the time for the very it's end. solar temple oh that's right solar so, temple and coming up next week is solar to- temple versus tony, tony alamo and all right so tony alamo and don that's- <laughs> <laughs> i just wanted to say that so thanks again <laughs> 
Thank you so much for listening. For tuning in. Rob, I love you. I cannot wait. We will no longer be breaking the law, breaking the law. <laughs> like, comment, and subscribe. Like, comment, and subscribe. Email us with your weird stories. And join us next week. Ready? Okay. Also, what's the email address? Madness, madness podcast at gmail.com. Madness Madness Podcast is hosted by Aaron Byrne and Amanda Clay, with occasional outbursts from Brian Byrne, who is me. Brian Byrne records and edits the show. You can subscribe to us on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and Stitcher, or listen to us online at madnessmadnesspodcast.com. That's where you can also find links to all of our social media presences. You can email us at madnessmadnesspodcast at gmail.com. On Facebook, we have a Facebook page. If you search it, you'll find it. Find us on Instagram at madnessmadnesspod or on Twitter at madnessmadness5. Thanks for listening. Cannot wait to tell you that one of her titles is the Arcturian Soul Fork. This week, because <laughs> the Arcturian soul fork fucked us. <laughs> <laughs>